this is Tony Lloyd. Being a broadcaster for many years, I've witnessed some great stories in the music industry. And now I want to bring as many music stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. My goal is that they will inspire others making their way in the music world. Music Stories with Tony Lloyd. Emily Smith, welcome to Music Stories. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Well, (laughs) yes, don't get too excited. This won't take long, (laughs) I promise you. Now, uh, what I understand is uh, you are uh, what we call in the radio industry a plugger, amongst other things. Um, So we're going to talk about that in a minute, and uh, I'm going to ask your advice for, for future pluggers. As well, in case you got some advice, because we we like to give advice to people on music stories. So you've obviously been in the music industry a long time. Uh, tell me what a plugger does. Um, okay, well, sort of in essence, um, it's it. Well, there's there's all sorts of types. So you've got national radio pluggers, which is obviously your big stations like Radio Two that obviously go around the nation. You've got your regional pluggers who then go to your lo- all your local stations. And then, of course, you've got people plugging to TV and also press, paper press or online press. Um, I'm predominantly national radio crossing over into TV, which means I'm kind of the middle man, woman, if you like, between the record label or the artist, because they're not always signed to a label, and basically getting them played on the radio. Right, it sounds, and other, it sounds easy, doesn't it? <laughs> no, no, that's that's okay. I'm going to delve a little deeper. Um, first of all, though, it, it, you mentioned the different levels and the regions of plugging. Are they, you know, do you start off being a local and end up a national? I think some people do, but I mean, I, I didn't. I was um, taken under the wing of the uh, legendary Michael Garbutt, who used to be head of um, radio promotions at Virgin Records. Um, and so I, I kind of went in as a junior national plugger, if you like, because that's all they did. But I think you, then you have specialists in just regional as well. So you, you don't necessarily go regional to national. You know, they, they can cross over, but I, I didn't personally. Um, and that was a very long time ago. I was sort of just into my 20s and was very much thrown at the deep end, which was what I needed to be. I needed a good shove. Um, I have to say, and if you look at the photo that accompanies this, that Emily um, looks about 22. Uh, so oh. although she says she's been around a long time, I, I don't <laughs> believe her really. Um, okay, that's interesting. So, so, so basically you would work for a record label or a company and then mm-hmm. you would get uh, a new single by, say, Take That, <laughs> and then well, go, possibly. Go. I mean, it, it's a it, yeah. So it's um, it's high profile uh, existing artists. Or I do quite a lot of heritage stuff as well, which is quite fun. So, mm. uh, you know, um, Roxy Music, for example, all the old timers. So you, in essence, you don't really have to plug them because they are so well established. So it's more mm. like arranging all their promo and trying to sort of. Um, get the best promo they can at the time and exclusive plays and all that sort of thing. Um, but uh, what's what's hardest, I think, about being a plugger is trying to get a brand new artist no one's ever heard of off the ground and sort of launch them or break them, as we call it. Um, I mean, one of which I can name claim to is Jamie Cullum. Right. Which was quite an interest because it's the, the jazz genre. Again, that makes it a little bit more tricky because 
he's not a mainstream artist, although he then, then crossed over. So, um, yeah, so there's all, all sorts. So of you walked into the, the office at uh, the BBC and said, uh, I've got this guy called Jamie. He's, he's a yeah. bit of a jazz singer. He's, he's pretty good. Have a, have a listen. And can you play his song? <laughs> yeah, um, basically, yeah. I mean, there's another artist um, called uh, Newton Faulkner. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've heard of him. Um, and very talented chap. And um, I was out with Leslie Douglas, who was the controller of Radio 2 then. We were actually having a drink. And I managed, I got him along and we went to a private room and he just played for her. And then the following week he was on Dermot O'Leary's show and it kind of escalated from there. So there's a lot of luck involved um, as well as skill and obviously the talent of the artist. You've got to believe in what you're promoting, um, you know, because otherwise this is no point. You don't want to go going into radio with something that you think is terrible because, A, you look, you know, a bit stupid. Well, there's credibility, I suppose. Well, we're not going to see Emily yeah. anymore. She keeps on bringing us rubbish. Yes, exactly. Oh, no, not her again. Which leads um, me on to my next question. Beautifully, mm -hmm. how do you or uh, the record company and you spot a good artist and a good song that's worth plugging? Well, I think it's, um, oh, it's, that's a really tricky one because, you know, you can think something's wonderful and it might just not be sort of cutting the mustard at that time. You know, things do go in waves. Certainly it's sort of places like Radio 2, you know, they can be a bit more, have more of a country element and now they're crossing over quite a lot becoming a bit more dancey actually so yeah. you've got to kind of catch the waves there's a fine line between thinking that's going to fit there and then sort of going after it because you love it personally you've got to have sort of two two minds on it but um it's yeah there's a fine line i suppose between um a and r and and plugging you know i've i've, I've plugged for companies but i've also a and r for them as well thinking they'll they'll fit there and i can plug them there and it's yeah it's like kind of many Perhaps it's quite nice. It means you have a creative input as well. And what's uh, the difference between an A and R person and a and a plugging person? Well, an A and R person, artists go out specifically to scout new bands for labels. So um, you know, if if a manager has got an artist they want to showcase, they'll try and get A and R people down from different labels on on the premise that they might get signed to that label, and you know, and go from there. Um, whereas the plugger is like the next stage. So once they are signed um, and they're ready to go and they've got all their marketing in place, then then it's like, here you go, plugger. Off you take it to to national radio or TV. Now, you um, mentioned, um, thank you for explaining that. I, I knew that, but people... I know, listen, I know. <laughs> I don't know if I did it very well. well but... no, no, that's fine. Uh, correct. Yes, well done. Well done. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Both been in the radio industry a long time. Now know, I've got I've, I've got a list of artists here that you've worked with, and you, you are so modest. You just happened to to mention Jamie Cullum, mm -hmm. but uh, I've got a list here. Tell me if this is a correct list: Bert Bacharach, Chrissy Hind, Dex's Midnight Runners, George Michael, Duran yeah. Duran, Tears for Fears, Donny Osmond, Tori Amos, Natalie Imbruglia. Brian McFadden, yeah. Mel C, Jerry Harrell, well, Danny Minogue, I've met her, uh, yeah. Newton Faulkner, The Rolling Stones, etc. Yeah. Did word. you get Sergio Mendes on there as well? Uh, no, that's all. <laughs> not, he's not on your um, list. Yeah, to edit your list. Um, where did you get that list from? <laughs> um, 
LinkedIn. Oh, right. <laughs> so it, it's, it's all coming back to me now. Um, well, yes. I, I mean, I suppose I'm quite much. When you, when, um, that's what I mean by I've been around the block a bit because that's, that's been over many, many years. But it was um, really, really fun times. But, yeah, I've, it's, I've been very fortunate to work with, with all those people. And actually, bizarrely, um, Eva Cassidy, although she, after she'd sadly passed away, I still promoted one of her records, which was quite yeah. bizarre. Uh, with her not being here and t terry wogan was uh yeah he broke uh, he was, yeah he was involved so did yeah. you did you speak to terry at that time and liaise with no. him well no that was pre that was when she was she was still around but she had a lot of stuff um in the vault as it were mm. um and with a company called red hot records and they wanted to promote that even though she wasn't around anymore and actually that was one of my being thrown in the deep end meetings because my my boss which was mick garbert um, wasn't very well and i had to take the meeting with the head of the label and uh colin martin who was then head of music at radio too and i was just a baby at the time and i thought oh i don't really know what i'm doing but i just got on with it and it was fine and gave me my real taste for plugging and it was all, all good stuff yeah but, um, well, I was going yeah. to ask you a bit earlier. Um, you're so, so easy to talk to. I could talk to you for hours and hours. Um, how did you get in and why did you get into plugging music, for heaven's sake? I mean, you know, what did you, were you, um, you know, were you working as a waitress in a cocktail bar, <laughs> to, to quote the lyric? Uh, well, it's a tricky one. <laughs> uh, well, not, is it tricky? Let me, let me just rewind. My, I think, so I... Uh, my sister worked at Virgin Radio. Um, she's a few years older than me. So I used to go in there and I did work experience when I was 16, 17. And really, and that, funnily enough, that's where I first met my boss. Um, but I was just, you know, a runner and uh, kind of got a taste for it then. So I went for a job interview um, when I was 18 at Virgin Records with Tony Barker to be a plugger. But um, very surprisingly to me, managed to get into university. <laughs> I sort of blagged my way in there. And I was so pleased that I got in. I thought, right, I'll go and do and get my degree and see where I go from there. But strangely enough, as soon as I came out of uni, I then joined a band. So I then kind of went on the other side of the scene and was singing in a band, um, <clears throat> which I in, sort of enjoyed, but I found a little bit too nerve wracking. So I ended up going behind the scenes again and became, you know, promoting people instead, which I think I prefer, mm. <laughs> actually. Yeah, it's less daunting. Oh, it's terrible. I used to have to sit down at gigs. My knees would be knocking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, have to, I have to sit down at gigs because my knees won't take the weight for very long. <laughs> Not because yeah, they're knocking. Scary, scary stuff. I used to do the old Ronnie Scott's gig where you can hear a pin drop mm. and... Um, Oh gosh, it's terrifying. I've got sweaty hands just just thinking about it. <laughs> Have you got any interesting stories that are broadcastable, please, uh, about any of the people that you've worked with? You, oh my gosh. You must have so many. Uh, that are broadcastable, broadcastable. Well, not, well I, nothing. Or not, <laughs> if they're not broadcastable, it's fine. I can edit them out. Honest. No, they, they, um, <laughs> nothing really. Ugh, thing is that this is how I've kept my job because I'm the epitome <laughs> of discretion. <laughs> okay. But I sorry to um, put you on the spot. No, it's okay. A nice story. So I was I was um, with Donny Osmond for quite a few weeks because he was over here and it was quite a big campaign. And um, 
and he'd always drop me home. We'd have fish and chips on the way home with his driver, Andre. And then one day he's, you know, he's obviously got quite a lot of children. So we had a, a whole day shopping in Hamleys and I helped pick out all his kids' toys and things like that. So it was not all about the music, but that's not really a juicy story, but it's a nice story. Yes, that's very nice. And I think that I think that's acceptable. I I'll think, tell you the, the think, other one another day. <laughs> I, think, I think we'll leave that one in. Okay. That's good. I want some of advice from you now because, oh. you know, as you said, your words, you've been around the block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if somebody's listening to this on Music Stories and they're really interested in getting involved as you did as a plugger, what advice would you give them? Um. Well, I mean, from when I started, it's it's changed tremendously because you've got so many different platforms now. So it was a bit easier for me earlier on because you you were sort of condensed into going to radio station and, you know, music was stacked on the shelves and you'd just go out and buy it. But now obviously you can stream everything. So in this, sometimes it makes, well, that would make things a bit easier because you have got those other platforms, but it also dilutes the industry quite a lot because, you know, you're, you've got so much more competition. But I would just say, um, you know, if you're passionate about music, just try and get in anywhere, at a, at a radio station, at a label. If you want to be a plugger, they have in-house pluggers as well. And dare I say, I mean, like I said, at 16, 17, I was running, um, being a runner, and be prepared to make a few cups of tea. Um, <laughs> and just, yeah, just just throw yourself in there and just work work really hard cause, and, and be polite. <laughs> Right, good advice. One more. Uh, if you're um, a musician listening to this and mm. you're struggling to get on and you'd like your your work plugged and published and promoted, uh, mm. what advice would you as a, as a plugger and a PR person give to those musicians listening? Um, well, I think these days, if, if you can, I would get as many sort of live opportunities in as you can and try and build your audience that way and um also on social media dare i say i mean that counts for a lot these days a lot of um a lot of stations want to look at statistics how many followers have you got and but i think definitely trying but and and obviously there's avenues in for unknown unknown bands um on bbc sounds and things like that and I think the key is perseverance because it is so hard. It is tough. You can be the most talented person in the world and have the best team behind you. And sometimes it's you've just got to keep keeping on because it, it's, it is so hard out there. But, yeah, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't keep give go- up. Keep going. Keep going. And I suppose um, maybe the plugging job uh, is in, in jeopardy now because of the way things have changed and people can do it themselves with social media and so on. Well, yes, that's what I mean by it, it becoming harder and harder. And also, dare I say, DJs don't have the autonomy that they used to have. Yep. Um, so, you know, that you have to stick to rigid prep playlists. So if I go to a DJ or a producer with a new record, they, they only have like two, three plays a week. So if you think about how many records there are stacked up for them to get through, mm. And that's made my job incredibly hard. Um, and, yeah, people can self-promote much more easily these days. Um, the only, I guess, pros of, of someone like me is I have the relationships with the people mm. at, at the stations because, I've, you know, especially after many, many years, and some of them have become quite dear friends. So I can get into the back door a little bit more easier. Mm, very valuable. I can see that. Emily, thank you so much for talking to me on Music Stories. Thank um, you for having I, me. I'm going to... Well, 
it's been great. I'm going to let you go, otherwise we'll we'll talk for another couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks again, and uh, keep on plugging. I will. Thank you. Tony Lloyd, creating audio and film worldwide. Thank you.